Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 105, verses 1 through 11, and 37 through 45. O give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wonderful works, glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done, his miracles and the judgments he has uttered. O offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He is mindful of his covenant partner, of the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. Then he brought Israel out with silver and gold, and there was no one among the tribes who stumbled. God was glad when they departed, for the dread of them had fallen upon it. He spread a cloud for a covering and a fire, and fire to give them light by night. He asked, and he brought, They asked, and he brought quails, and gave them food from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock, and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river, for he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing. He gave them the lands of the nations, and they took possession of the wealth of the peoples, that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son whom Sarah bore him, and Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight years old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, Who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would, have, would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 8 through 12. But of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever, and the righteous scepter is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And in the beginning, Lord, you found the earth, founded the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. You will all wear out like they will all wear out like clothing, like a cloak you will roll them up, and like clothing they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will never end.
Good morning, and welcome to the second Monday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 105, Genesis 21, and Hebrews 1. And they're all, um, they're all very psalmic. Obviously, the psalm is really long. <clears throat> and then the birth of Isaac has some narrative, but then Hebrews returns to this kind of lyric kind of stuff. Um, but the birth of Isaac did make me think of one thing. Um, the uh, It's very brief, but basically Sarah kind of well says that everyone will laugh with her. Um, and naming her son Isaac means laughter, uh, Yitzhak. And she laughed at the idea that she would bear children at such an old age. And here it is, Genesis 21, she has, and um, she's still kind of amazed. And who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children at such an old age? And the what it makes me think of, uh, frankly, is you know age and also this distinction, this social distinction between soldier and veteran. Um, the... I, there's no other way to explain it other than like um, I was uh, well, I was in seminary still. Um, I was really active on campus with veterans groups, and every November 11th they would do the school would do you know this kind of typical flag ceremony and little speech on the the uh, at the steps of the chapel, and um, the ROTC cadets would be the color guard. And it's all about Veterans Day, but the color guard, these young men and women going into the military, didn't make any attempt to interact with any of the veterans. Um, you know, veterans are are like, I don't know, uh, there's, there's a sharp distinction. When you're in the military, um, you know, the, your life's meaning, purpose, Activities are all full, and as a veteran, the the perception is that your your best days are behind you, and so it's almost depressing in a way to you know to be in the middle of military life and think about and interact with veterans where you know you're gonna, you know even though you know that's where you're headed, uh, it's inevitable that at some point you're going to be out, and you know maybe it's a couple of years, maybe it's. A whole lot of years, um, but um, just as um, Sarah was surprised to um, bear a son in her in her old age, um, a lot of young women and even her own husband would think that it that it's odd that they would look with amazement. Um, not only is she probably postmenopausal, but also she's she's not young. You know, she's not in the prime of her life, and um, the same kind of sentiment is often felt about veterans, um, especially because you know disability and veteran status are are, are so often linked, or mental illness. Um, you know the the stigma, the the image that we have of veterans uh, is not the kind of image that our young men and women want for themselves. Um, and so I'm sure that fuels part of the you know who reports post traumatic stress and who doesn't. Um, who, you know, um, wants to be perceived in a certain way and who, 
you know, really can't help it. If you have a physical injury, if you have a, a, a limb amputated, you don't get to hide it. You know, there's, you don't have a choice. You can't pass as a civilian. Everybody will look at you and think, you know, you're probably a vet if you're walking around with a high-tech prosthetic because you're missing a limb. Um, and I, I think of this ROTC Veterans Day thing um, because it just stood out to me. Um, the ROTC cadets, you know, stood off in a little cluster, um, not interacting at all with these with veterans. Um, and the 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 military community, if we call it that, is so stratified. Um, you know, not only do we have the different branches, we have military spouses, we have men and women, we have all these different factors that influence uh, who we are and how we see ourselves while we're in the military. Um, and when we're out of service. And that's why when I say military, I include veterans and military families as well. Um, because if, you know, if you've ever been in the military, your records are a matter of public information. Um, you know, you, you might not want to identify as vet, a veteran, but if, if it's a fact, it will be found out. Um, and people will will assume certain things about you if you're a veteran, just like people assume certain things about you if you're um, Sarah's age and Abraham's age. Um, and the good news um, of God is that there is no distinction that though Sarah is old, she still receives God's blessing. Um, and even though veterans also may be old, they aren't necessarily past the prime of their life. Um I really think it's a pervasive um, perception, but maybe others feel differently. Um, I remember that um, one thing that baffled me when I was in while I was still in school was I tried to identify and organize veterans on campus, and you learn very quickly that the numbers of veterans who self-report, um, because all federal contractors like educational institutions, they all have to invite veterans to self-identify. The numbers of people that the school understands to be a veteran didn't match even even close um, in terms of, or when compared to how many people that you might be able to identify are using the GI Bill through VA records. And you don't have any names or anything, but you know which institution is receiving how much money federal dollars in GI Bill funds. And so that means there's a lot of people who are not identifying when asked, but who are using the benefits, um, you know, kind of behind the scenes. And one veteran told me, um, who was, you know, I'm, I suspect self-identified, but also told me, you know, I, I avoid admissions people I like I do officers. You know, what they don't know can't hurt me. Um, and so there's this, uh, there's, reason to believe that veterans know about this, you know, kind of bias and um, social kind of marginalization, and they want nothing of it. They'd rather be a random, you know, person of, you know, in their late 20s or, you know, mid-30s than to be a veteran in their late 20s, early 30s. Um, and so a lot of people don't want to self-identify, and that's because there's a lot of people that have assumptions about what it means to be a veteran, just like people have assumptions about what it means to be old, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be all these different things that um, society just kind of doesn't think is the best thing to be. Um, 
And so the good news is that God doesn't see it like that. Um, and frankly, it's not true. Uh, Sarah was able to conceive a son. You know, veterans, even in their old age, are still able to be productive and meaningful members of society. Um, and that it's society's problem when it looks at individuals and believes they can or cannot be a certain thing or do a certain thing just because of some, you know, characteristic of their identity. Um, you know, we know um, what we know about bias and prejudice because of people fighting back against these assumptions and stereotypes um, and insisting that they are, in fact, no less, um, you know, deserving of rights, of dignity. Um, and so I hope that veterans take courage in that as well, that um, not only is it not true that your best days are behind you, but you also have the ability to push back against that. But it does require that you self-identify, you speak up and say, I'm a veteran and my best days are yet to come. Prayer for Joy in God's Creation from the Book of Common Prayer. O Heavenly Father, who has filled the world with beauty, open our eyes to behold your gracious hand in all your works, that, rejoicing in your whole creation, we may learn to serve you with gladness for the sake of him through whom all things were made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.